As you know, these last few weeks while I've been doing the um, August, we've been looking at the Lord's Prayer. And not just as a prayer, although I'm going to get you to pray in a moment, it's going to come up on the screen. But the themes that are embedded in the Lord's Prayer. So, if we've got the the version, I said that we didn't have a, a, a modern version, we had the old version that I was brought up on, and it should come up on the screen, if we have it, any day now. <laughs> uh, thank you. Now, I wonder, for those who can, for those who can, if you are infirmed and old and decrepit, you are excused. But for the rest of us, I think I would like us to kneel down just this once as we, as we say this. If, you, if you're unable to do, please don't worry. I made a joke about it, but please don't worry. But let's, let's all say this together shall we? Come on, just lift your hands to heaven and let's, let's say this all together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Now, if you can get up, <laughs> please. The first week, we looked at the word our, our Father, and we talked about the recognition of relationship. That Jesus did not just say, when you pray, say, my Father, but he included the whole family of God. And you are sat next to, and in front of or behind, your brothers and sisters in Christ. And sometimes we wonder why. The Lord has brought these people into our lives. But they are your brothers and your sisters. And we must recognize the body of Christ. And particularly when we break bread, which we're not going to do this morning, but particularly when we share the communion together, we recognize that the same precious blood of Christ that cleansed you from your sins cleansed others as well. And so we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And then last week, we looked at the word, <coughs> excuse me, we looked at the word Father and what that meant. And I said, it's both biological, it is, we are born again by the Spirit of God. God brought us into the family of God. But then a father is more than a biological father. A father is someone who loves us. Someone who guides and corrects us at times. 
A father is someone who will always be there for us, who provides for us. And this morning, I want us to look at that great theme, the kingdom of God. And as I share it with you today, I know that uh, I'll not be able to touch uh, a, a, a fraction of the great theme of the kingdom of God. Now, um, in the book of Matthew, uh, Matthew often refers to this kingdom as the kingdom of heaven. The other uh, synoptic gospels um, prefer to use the word the kingdom of God. <clears throat> Matthew was probably, Matthew's audience was probably largely to the Jewish people, the others to a more Gentile audience. And so they understood the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. They, they seem to be synonymous, interchangeable. They're, they're the same thing. <clears throat> Jesus went about in his early ministry preaching the kingdom of God. And he said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. So I want to look at what is the kingdom of God? What are the principles or laws of the kingdom? When will the kingdom of God come? So what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is the rule of God, where God reigns supreme. Now, we, at the moment, we think of a kingdom, we might think of the United Kingdom, where we're in at the moment. But the force of uh, the, the word that Jesus was using it was an Eastern mindset where a king ruled supreme. What the king said went. If he smiled, you lived. If he frowned, you died. <clears throat> he made the rules. He made the laws. He said what went, what didn't go. He was solely and absolutely in charge. He was the monarch. He was the king. And in his kingdom, people did what he said. <clears throat> uh, now, our government uh, in the United Kingdom is, is not really the king on our throne because our country is governed by parliament, isn't it? And uh, the representatives of the people are elected to parliament. So it's the people's, uh, it should be the people's are ruling as they want to be ruled. But when Jesus said about the kingdom of God, he was thinking more in terms of what we would call a dictator, where everything was done in accordance with that one person. When he was um, in charge, when he, he, he was king, he had absolute authority over everything. <clears throat> now, when God created the world, he created it perfect. And he put us on a beautiful planet. I, uh, I often think how wonderful this beautiful place is. Um, we, we were just, uh, my wife and I went up to see our granddaughter for a few days this week and driving back over the moors and seeing the hills. And I thought, Lord, this is just wonderful. And uh, particularly if you play golf, as you hit the ball and it soars into the sky, you think, 
Lord, what a wonderful place this is. <clears throat> it is an absolutely wonderful place. And the people in it, God created it. Perfect. But sadly, it went bad. And Satan snaked his way in to the garden of Eden. God said to Adam, he said, you can eat anything you want. You can go anywhere you want. You don't need to worry about anything. Nobody's going to hurt you. Nobody's going to harm you. You are the apple of my eye. I'll come and talk to you every day. He had a wonderful prayer life. He had a wonderful uh, sense of God's presence. In the, and, and everything was good. And Satan snaked his way in and said to to, to, first of all, to Eve um, about this tree. Why don't you eat of this tree? And, and uh, nowhere in the Bible does it say it was an apple tree. And nowhere is it eluded that it was sex. It was a, a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, and God said to them, he said, you can do anything you want. You can eat of any tree except that one. And that was the one that they were attracted to. And Satan said, um, has God really said you can't do this? And she said, yes, yes, he, he said we, we can eat of everything except that one. And then he accused the Lord, as Satan has done all down the centuries. God knows, he said, God knows if you eat this tree, from this tree, you'll be like him. You will be as wise as him. You'll be independent. You yourself will be a God. You will be independent from God. And Satan snaked his way in and they took of the tree and they cast aside the rule of God over their lives and yielded to Satan, and Satan is known in the Bible as the God of this world in 2 Corinthians 4. And then in Ephesians 2, Paul said to the believers, you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. And you might remember when the devil tempted Jesus, he said something amazing. He's, he showed him in a moment of time all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. All the kingdoms of India, Africa, Asia, China. All the, in, a, in a flash of revelation, he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and he said, I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it to you if you will worship me. Fancy the created saying to the creator, you worship me. <clears throat> so we, this, the God of this world, says, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. And so we shouldn't be surprised that the influence of the world comes against us like a blast of cold wind. But right at the outset where man failed, God promised that one day someone would come to reverse the order. And this is what he said in Genesis chapter, one, chapter 3. rather. He said to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. <clears throat> So Jesus came 
preaching the gospel of the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is near. And this kingdom was prophesied by the prophets. A verse we look at very often at Christmas time. For unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And then adding to that revelation, a couple of chapters later, he says, Then a shoot will come out of the stump of Jesse, and a branch from its roots will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of advice and power, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He will gladly bear the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear. He will judge the poor justly. He will make fair decisions for the humble people on earth. He will strike the earth with a rod from his mouth. He will kill the wicked with the breath of his lips. Justice will be the belt around his, his waist. <clears throat> so Jesus came announcing the kingdom is near. And he, he told many parables the kingdom of, of, of God or the kingdom of heaven is like this. He said on one occasion, it's like um, if a man sowed good seed in his, in, in his field and then a, a, an enemy came and sowed weeds or tares among the weeds. And then as they shoot up, the, there were weeds among the, 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 uh, the corn. And so... The disciples said, he said, shall we tear them up? He said, no, leave them. And it has been a fact. Jesus explained that the, the, the good seed were the children of the kingdom. The weeds were the wicked that, that somehow Satan had infiltrated into the church. <clears throat> he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. So small, but it's growing. And praise God, the kingdom of God is growing all over the world. There are myriads and myriads and myriads of people in the kingdom of God that was born from that one little seed when Christ died. He said, except a corn of wheat fall in the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. And Christ, that seed, died. But praise God, there are myriads and myriads and myriads of those redeemed as a result of that. He said that the kingdom of heaven was like treasure hidden in a field, which a man, he saw the treasure, so he bought the whole field. The treasure, of course, was the church, you and me. He prized us so much that he was willing to give everything he had that he might purchase us for salvation. You see, at an auction, I don't know whether you've ever been at an, an auction. I'd been a few times. And... Uh, the price is set by the buyer. It goes up and up and up. And when you look at the value of your life and mine, look at the price that Christ was prepared to pay for us. He shed his blood that we might be forgiven. That was the price upon our heads. And I don't know about you, brothers and sisters, but that is the most amazing truth. <clears throat>
The pearl of great price was similar. A merchant found a pearl of great price. He sold everything he had to buy that one thing. <clears throat> and before his ascension, the Lord um, was speaking to the disciples about the kingdom of God. He said, it's, this is what it says, uh, being assembled together with them, he commanded them uh, not to depart from Jerusalem. First, he said he was speaking about the things pertaining to the kingdom. Don't depart from Jerusalem, he said, but wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit which, of the, my Father, which you have heard me say, John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they were come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? They were thinking of an earthly, natural, normal kingdom. Jesus said to them, he said, it's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the, <clears throat> the earth. They were talking eschatology. They were talking, when is this kingdom going to come? And Jesus is talking evangelism. He said, I'm going to send you out into the world, but I'm going to give you the power to, to go and evangelize and tell all people of my grace and of my love and of my power. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so what are the principles of this kingdom? How does this kingdom work? If, if God is the heavenly dictator, if you don't mind the phrase. It's got a negative term with us, hasn't it? <clears throat> but if God is sovereign, he is in charge, what is this kingdom like? <clears throat> and Romans 14 says this, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness. This kingdom is based on righteousness. Two types of righteousness, not two types of righteousness, but there is an imputed righteousness. When we become believers, Christ's righteousness is reckoned over to us. This is a wonderful truth that we are righteous in God's sight. He takes my sin and he gives me his righteousness. What an exchange. <clears throat> it is... Uh, uh, an exchange, and, and, and beloved, he's given us a robe of righteousness. It is given to us as a gift of grace. It's not earned, it's not merited, it comes free, gratis, no strings attached. We have been given righteousness, and we stand righteous before a holy God. <clears throat> the Bible also talks about working out our salvation. In other words, the righteousness that have, has been put in us needs to be lived out in our lives. We need to be like Christ. We need to be honest and honorable and righteous in our dealings. We need to show the righteousness of Christ <clears throat> to other people. <clears throat> righteous acts. Um, <clears throat> All the way through, not just on a Sunday, but we need to be, 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 be Christian people all the way through. <clears throat> we, used to, we used to go to Blackpool when we were kids for living in the north. 
and uh, we used to get a stick of Blackpool rock. And you find the word Blackpool runs all the way through. If you break it in one place, it still says it. If you break it in another, it still says it. It's the same all the way through. That's integrity. All, same all the way through. And praise God, we want to be believers, don't we? That are the same on Tuesday as we are on Sunday. We want to be the same when that motorist shoots in front of you, particularly if it's a woman. <clears throat> as we are in church on a Sunday, someone has said, to dwell with saints above, that will be glory. To dwell with saints below, well, that's another story. <laughs> but we need to be the same all the way through. To carry out and show forth our righteousness. Work out your own salvation. Work it out. Show it out. Show the people that there is a difference. <clears throat> I was listening to um, Tim Keller on um, YouTube the other day. And he was talking about Eric Little. You remember Chariot Sophia, that, uh, and she, he wouldn't run on a Sunday, Eric, would he? <clears throat> but he became a missionary to China. In fact, he died quite young. But he was in this camp, and, and people were all grappling for selfish reasons of trying to get hold of uh, bits of food and different things. And they said, Eric was the most radiant Christian. Didn't matter... If people were believers or they weren't believers, most of them weren't believers. But he was kind, he was generous, he was cheerful. He showed them Jesus. And people were one for Christ. Cynical people were one for the Lord because of, of, of this young man who lived out the Christian life. And I often pray for myself, Lord, don't let me Get in the way of Jesus. Don't let me block the image of Christ for other people. Let's be representatives of the Lord. The kingdom of God is not food and drink and these temporal things. The kingdom of God is righteousness. It's also peace. There is peace with God. Before we are converted, we are viewed as Enemies of God. We're on the other side. We're, 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 we're not in his kingdom. We're not in his family. We're away from him. He views us as those who are outside. And, and so when we come to the cross and we confess our sins, say, Lord, I'm sorry for the past. Please cleanse me. I want to follow you for all the rest of my life. And then there is peace with God. <clears throat> the story is told of four young boys who were scrumping apples from an old gentleman's house. And they would hop over the wall, pinch his apples, and run off. And after they'd come out of school, they would do it. Well, this time, he was waiting for them. He saw these hands come over the wall, jump up, and he collared three of them, dragged them into his house, 
give them the biggest telling off they'd had, stealing his apples, jumping over his wall, breaking the law in a good mind to take them to the police, <laughs> sent to Siberia. <laughs> he said, if you'd wanted some apples, you could have asked me for them. I would have get, I've got plenty of apples on my tree. You could, have, you could have asked me. He collared three of them. One of them escaped. He never got a telling off or anything. Ever after that, when these three lads saw the old gentleman, they would smile and wave at him. But the one who ran away, he would avoid him as best he could. When we come to Christ, we admit we're wrong and he's right. And then there is peace. Peace with God. Hallelujah. And then the Bible talks about the peace of God. Jesus was always at peace. You might remember when the disciples were in a boat, they carried him. He'd been preaching and healing the sick and all. And they put him in the backside of the boat, the stern of the boat. And as they launched out into the sea, a storm began to rage. And the storm was so severe, those of you who've been to Israel with us can realize that the storm blows up very quickly on the Sea of Galilee. <clears throat> and they were trying to bail the water out. And, and the Lord is asleep on a pillow. He's not bothered about the storm. He's not bothered about the winds. And then they come to him and they wake him up and they say, Lord, don't you care that we're perishing? And the Bible says he stood up and he rebuked the wind. Stop. <laughs> and the sea became calm. And I like to think the peace that was in him was radiated out to the storm. And sometimes in the storms of life, we worry, we fret, we've got concerns, maybe family concerns, maybe financial concerns, maybe health concerns, we have concerns about this or that, and we're all anxious and we've all been there. But the Bible says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let that peace that heaven experiences be yours. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, is not food and drink, it's righteousness and it's peace. Peace within yourself. Peace with God and peace within yourself. And also, it's joy in the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> Karl Marx was watching people going to church one day. <clears throat> they were chatting and talking and having a nice conversation. As they got to church and they got into the building, all the smiles switched off. <clears throat> and they became holy and silent and sad. And as they came out, said Karl Marx, they all looked like they'd been to a funeral. <clears throat> how far, how far from the kingdom of God is that? Joy in the Holy Ghost. Jesus was joyful, hallelujah. He was always joyful. He was great company to be with. They invited him to weddings for goodness sake. You know, <laughs> uh, children loved him. The when, when the disciples came back, having been on a mission trip, they said, Lord, even the, even the demons are subject to us through your name. <clears throat> he said, 
He rejoiced in his spirit. He was joyful. And there is joy in the Holy Ghost. There is joy in the Lord. Hallelujah. Joy amid the struggles and the trials of your life. You can experience not only the peace of God, but also the joy of the Lord. Finally, the kingdom was practiced by Christ. He demonstrated the kingdom rule of God. When they said to him, um, the Pharisees, when the king, well, can the kingdom of God come? And he said to them, he said, the kingdom of God doesn't come by outward observation, but the kingdom of God is within you. It is among you. When Jesus stood up at the beginning of his ministry in the synagogue at Nazareth, he set out his manifesto, his agenda. This is what I'm going to do. And this is what he read from the Bible, from Isaiah. And he said, this day, this scripture is being fulfilled. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord or the year of the Lord's favor. This is what the kingdom is about. It's about setting people free. It's about overcoming evil. And of course, Jesus bound the strong man. You remember he told that parable. He said, when a strong man armed keeps his goods, his goods are safe. But when a stronger than he comes along, he takes away all his goods wherein he trusted. And though Satan has bound people, Christ is stronger and comes and liberates and sets people free. And so when Jesus said, uh, uh, when he healed the sick, when he cleansed the leper, when he cast out evil spirits, he says, the kingdom of God has come to you. If I, by the spirit of God, cast out demons, the kingdom of God has come. So whenever a person is delivered, the kingdom of God comes in. Whenever a person is healed, it's the kingdom of God that comes in. Whenever a person finds Christ, the kingdom of God comes in. Hallelujah. Paul said, we have tasted of the powers of the age to come. The kingdom is both now and not yet. We will see the fulfillment of the, the, the kingdom one glorious day. Now, in the Old Testament, David, the, the, uh, the king, he struggled all of his life. He struggled. Uh, and he, he, he welded the kingdom uh, of Israel together. He was known as the shepherd of Israel. And he's, he's Israel's greatest king. He, 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 he struggled. In fact, there's one psalm that begins, Lord, remember David and all his troubles. <laughs> How would you like to be known as someone who had a lot of trouble? But David conquered. And he, when he died, he left the kingdom to Solomon. Solomon had a glorious reign. David had a troublesome reign. Solomon had a glorious reign. And it's as if Christ's um, work upon the cross 
was, was the trouble. But there's going to come a time, brothers and sisters, when he shall reign over the whole world. When he comes again, he will establish his kingdom upon the earth and righteousness will flow down. Hallelujah. Like the, war, war, the, the, the waves of the sea. It, it will be a time of peace. I don't know about you, but don't you long for the kingdom of God? And as Jesus said, when you pray, say, your kingdom come. Let the kingdom come, Lord. Let righteousness come. Let peace come. Let joy come. Let healing come. <clears throat> Revelation says the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. Let the kingdom rule in our lives. Paul said, our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Then in Colossians it says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you also are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the peace of God. Has the kingdom come? Has the kingdom how much of the kingdom are we living in? Are we living in the, in, in the righteousness of Christ? Are we living in the peace of Christ? Are we living in the joy of the Lord? Let the kingdom come. Let the kingdom come to you personally in a deeper, richer way. Hallelujah. Jesus, as the king, went around as establishing the kingdom practicing, demonstrating this is the kingdom rule of God. And one day, one day the whole earth will be filled with the, with the righteousness and the glory and the presence of the Lord. And so we're encouraged to pray, let your kingdom come and let your will, O Lord, be done on earth as it is in heaven. How is it? The, the, the will of God done in heaven, well, it's done pretty quickly, <laughs> instantly. There's a song we used to sing, it's, a, it's an old hymn, King of my life, I crown thee now, thine shall the glory be. Let the king come in all his fullness. Let the kingdom come. The time of the kingdom is in God's hands, I believe. People have speculated, well, this shall happen first and that shall happen first and then there'll be this and people have written books and then others have written other books that counteract what they wrote. But the kingdom is coming in God's time, but the kingdom can come now in greater measure than we've known before. Amen. <clears throat>